guys are doing well when you're listening. I am so excited to be here today. I have an episode on something that I have really just been thinking about lately and I've heard a lot of people going through disappointment in their life and I know when it comes to disappointment there are big things, there are small things, but in this episode I just want to be talking about how to deal with disappointment in your life if you're in a phase where something just really bad just happened to you. Maybe you got news that you weren't expecting. Maybe there's just a lot in your life that you feel generally kind of disappointed by. I wanted this episode just to give you guys some hope mostly, but also share a few of the biggest ways in my life that I have dealt with disappointment. And these are like all over the realm, big things like losing people in my life and also just small ways that I generally have felt disappointed in myself or other people. And then I'm going to walk through how I personally have gotten through those things and also just share some encouragement from a few different resources that really help me when I'm feeling disappointed. And then I'm really excited because I'm going to read a lot of your stories today. I asked on my Instagram, which is just at Michelle Reed, if you ever want to be in one of these times in your life where you have felt just generally disappointed, whether that be in yourself, maybe a relationship ended, something like that. And I got probably the most stories I think I've ever gotten for an episode. There are so many. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of them, but I haven't even read any of them. So these are all going to be really fresh. Like I'm just like looking at it right now. There are so many. There's so many just on so many different topics. So I'm so excited to read those. And I love sharing your stories too. I think it adds a different element. I mean, you guys have been listening to me probably for a while talking by myself. And so it's nice to get some other perspectives from people who aren't necessarily in the room with me. So I'm excited to share with you guys today. This week's life update. So right now when I'm recording this, we're currently dog sitting our neighbor's boxer puppy. I think it's about 13 weeks old. So it is really young. And we also have Cash, our golden retriever, if you guys don't know. And he's nine months old. So he's definitely still a puppy. But let me just tell you, it is a full-time job watching two puppies, especially one that's definitely still like getting used to being house trained being taken out every couple of hours and so I'm squeezing this podcast in I just put both the dogs in their crates with treats and I'm really hoping I make it through the next 40 minutes or so without having to go out because obviously puppies require a lot of attention but we're just watching him through the weekend so by the time you listen to this we won't have him anymore and it is fun though like I miss kind of all the puppy parent responsibilities because cash is just a lot easier now that he's house trained and everything but it really is a lot and so hoping I make it through this podcast I guess this week's high of the week for me I'm trying to do my high and low of the week if you guys don't know if you haven't listened to the past couple of episodes I am back in Dallas we were in New York City and I did a whole recap episode on that but I have just been trying to get back and do a healthier routine we have been traveling so much in September that October we're pretty much here throughout the whole month and I'm so excited about that because I like my routine I like really focusing on my workouts on what I'm eating and just feeling holistically healthy and it's obviously a lot easier to do that when you're home and you're with all of your stuff and you can really kind of curate your routine so I'm back in it I have a vlog that I think is probably up by the time you're listening to this and it's all about kind of getting back into a healthy routine if you guys want to watch that I have been doing this meal plan from College Nutritionist. She is a nutritionist on Instagram. I'm sure you've seen her. She does a lot of stuff specifically on, I would say, weight loss, which is not what 
I'm doing. The reason that I'm doing her plan is because I'd watched a lot of her reels sharing her recipes and they just looked really simple and easy. And I've noticed for me when I'm eating a lot of like processed carbs, I just don't feel the best. And so for the past month, I've been doing her meal plan and I love it. It has been so good. And I just feel like I have all this energy that I didn't have before because it's kind of more of a higher fat diet, I would say. And just like incorporating more protein into my diet and I feel so good and I feel more energized in my workouts too. I guess my low of the week, I've been feeling really overstimulated. This is also another thing I talked about in my last video that went up, the one about like getting into a routine. I just think as time goes on, I'm so much worse at focusing on one thing and there are so many different things going on between doing YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and everything that I sometimes just feel like I'm just running around with no <laughs> goal each day. So I think I need to get better at planning things out. I kind of want to get an assistant to help me with stuff too. That's something I've been thinking about. Again, someone for the podcast. And so I think that'll help with me just generally feeling a lot more stimulated in my life and not having a concrete focus. That's another reason why I wanted to get back into a routine because I don't like just being all over the place. And I feel that I've been a bit all over the place. And so I'm excited just to kind of get back into a routine and start to feel a bit more balanced in my life. I wanted to thank Anna Luisa for sponsoring today's podcast. If you guys have been following me on Instagram recently, you have seen how much I've been wearing their pieces. They have the most beautiful, minimal, simple jewelry, which is totally my thing. They're committed to crafting sustainable and ethical jewelry that is also trendy and elegant. They have new collections that are released every Friday, and you can shop a ton of different styles on their website. It's not just items that are more minimal. And you can use my code Michelle Reed to get 10% off Anna Luisa. That's just M-I-C-H. H-E-L-L-E-R-E-E-D and that'll get you 10% off Anna Luisa which is A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. I love dressing up my outfits with just some jewelry because I do dress pretty simply but having some nice minimal gold hoops and I've been layering these necklaces with a chain and then a longer one and it's just so beautiful and classy and it's one of those things that I think really levels up your outfits. Their jewelry starts at about $39 so it's definitely more affordable but still has really great quality. I wear mine in the shower and everything has lasted so well and I just think that they're really beautiful pieces. So if you guys want to use my code, it's Michelle Reed, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-E-D. And that'll get you 10% off Anna Luisa. Again, that's just Michelle Reed. And that'll get you 10% off your purchase from Anna Luisa Jewelry. So for a bit of context before we get into this, I'm going to share five of the moments in my life where I have felt the most disappointed. And these are all pretty vulnerable things. I don't think I've really talked about most of these. I think there's one that I've talked about before, but most of them are things I haven't really shared. But for context for me, I'm definitely someone who is a rule follower. I don't like feeling like I haven't hit the mark. I would call myself a perfectionist and although I know there are people who have mixed feelings about the Enneagram, I'm a type 1 so just to give you some idea of my personality, I'm a rule follower and that's just how I am and even with myself, I set a lot of kind of goals and just standards for myself and when I don't hit them, I do feel really bad and insecure and disappointed. So I think that a lot of these things kind of go back to this. I just have a problem where I don't like getting in trouble. I've never been pulled over by the police. I like to follow rules. I tried to pick things that were also recent. And I also want to say that I know 
everyone has dealt with bigger disappointments. These are not the biggest things in my life. There are things that I don't feel comfortable sharing online that were also really disappointing. These are just ones that I think people can relate to. And they're also ones that I just remember they were big for me. But I know that obviously losing a loved one, getting really sick, you know, not being able to pay your bills, like those are really disappointing things. We all deal with different things. And so I just wanted to say that I acknowledge that these are really light ones, but there are things that I just don't want to share online. So the first one, I remember when I was about to graduate from college and I was looking for a job. I graduated a year early, so I was only 21 when I graduated. Yeah, I was 21 when I graduated and I didn't think I was ready just to go fully into a job yet. So I was applying to a lot of internships and I remember that there was this one internship that I really wanted to get. I actually had a connection through a subscriber. She was so sweet. She like referred me and got me an interview, which was so nice. It was a marketing internship at this bigger I would say more like formal marketing agency. If you guys know me, I worked for a social media marketing agency when I was fresh out of college. And that was definitely more of a startup, not as corporate. And this was a place that was a lot more corporate. I wouldn't say it was super casual, but I remember I got two interviews in and I felt that I was just doing really well. And I felt that I had a lot of knowledge from like working in the influencer marketing industry, being a content creator. And I got that rejection letter that says, you know, I regret to inform you that you did not get this internship. And I just remember being so disappointed, disappointed in myself, feeling like I hadn't met the mark, feeling like I wasn't good enough. And I think when we're applying to jobs, that's like the most easy way to feel down about yourself when you're rejected in that way. I don't know what it is, even though obviously a job is a mutual thing. It's You want to make sure you're a good fit for them and they want to make sure you're a good fit for them. And so it's mutual. I always used to think of it as like I am just trying to shine my light for the employer, but it goes both ways. And looking back, and this is one of the things that I will say I take away from disappointments. I can't imagine being in that internship and where my life would have been if I did that instead of pursuing what I am doing full time as a content creator. And I think that a lot of times when we get rejected or we feel disappointed, it's actually just pointing us in a new direction. But this was a time in my life where I just felt very lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't fully confident in doing YouTube full time. I didn't feel fully secure in myself, so I was trying to find a job to kind of find my identity in, which I think is actually a great thing. I think not to find your identity in, but it is easy to pour yourself into a job and figure out what you like, what you don't like, and just move on to the next thing. But looking back, I'm really thankful that I didn't get that, even though when I was 21, that felt like the biggest failure that I had. I guess this one was pretty recent, and this was actually one that, okay, I lied. I did actually read one of the stories because someone sent in one about a wedding thing, and I personally dealt with this a lot. I got engaged December 2019, so right before the start of the pandemic. So we had, you know, selected our venues, selected all of our vendors, and then COVID hit. And planning a wedding, I, like, give anyone credit who was doing this during COVID, trying to make the decision of postponing or going forward or not going forward. And I remember that being so disappointed when, you know, you really look forward to your wedding and you have a vision of, okay, I want all these people to be there. I think we had planned on having around like 200 people there and it was not even half that. We had a really small wedding for obvious reasons. But I remember in the moment how much I just felt 
disappointed and not because I was focusing so much about the wedding and not our marriage and it ended up being a big blessing because our wedding ended up being so small and I got to know everyone there and it was a little bit more affordable but I would say for the most part we ended up spending the same amount like the prices didn't change that much for less people. I just felt so disappointed in myself. I felt disappointed because people couldn't come. I felt like they were upset because they were missing our wedding. I felt just pressure to change a lot of things. And I remember this being one of those things when you expect something to be a certain way and you have this image in your head and you think this is what an ideal wedding is. And I think the wedding industry is so messed up how they make you think that you need all these things to have like a perfect wedding, a perfect marriage. And it's just not true. You don't need all that stuff, but you get so caught up in it when you're meeting with vendors and they're giving quotes and suddenly you realize that the average wedding is $20,000 or something crazy. I just remember being so disappointed in the moment. But again, looking back, I can say how much I loved our wedding, how simple it was and how it was really all the intimate people in my life that I truly loved so much. Of course, there were people who I wanted to be there that couldn't be there. A lot of Aiden's family because they couldn't travel down. And that was definitely a disappointment for us. Obviously, we understood it was just one of those things that was sad. One of probably the biggest disappointing things in my life, this is just like a more serious one. I've only ever lost one person kind of related to me, someone close to me, and that was my grandma. So my dad's mom, she was, I believe, in her 70s, and she like volunteered a lot for her church, a very healthy woman in really great shape. Um, She randomly collapsed and had, I believe it was a heart issue happen, and she passed away very suddenly. So my dad wasn't even there, and she actually died on Christmas, and that was probably one of the hardest things that I've been through personally. Um, Losing someone, especially when it's a grandparent, there's always that sense of you feel regret. Like you feel like I haven't spent enough time with them. I didn't reach out enough. And those are the moments that I think about now when I'm so stressed. Like I talked about feeling all over the place. The small things really don't matter when those things happen. It just puts everything into perspective. And Even just seeing my dad go through that too, there's something about when your parent loses one of their parents, it's just a really tough thing. I can't even imagine losing one of my parents. That's one of my biggest fears. I'm not trying to make this podcast so depressing. I really hope it's not bringing you down. I promise it's going to get better, but this is just one of those things I wanted to talk about because I know it's really hard when you're going through losing people, and I'm sure in the past couple of years, a lot of people have lost people, whether that be to a whole host of different reasons. And it never really gets easier, and I think each day you work through it, but I'll never forget that moment, the sadness that accompanied that moment, and also just seeing my dad go through it. Also, just going through a breakup, I've only ever been through one breakup in my life, and it was in my senior year of high school, right before I went to college. Some of you guys might know, because it was a very public relationship. That was just a really strange feeling because it's so weird when you get used to seeing this person all the time and you're spending so much time with them and then you just suddenly stop and you feel like you can't talk to them. You feel like you have to like completely exile them from your life. I just hate that that's the way breakups go and I get that it kind of has to be that way. Like I'm not really the kind of person who believes in like staying friends with your exes. I don't think you should be on like bad terms but yeah I mean that's just for me. I think it's easier to move on when you kind of do just 
look past it. But that was the only breakup that I ever went through and I kind of knew it wasn't the best fit when it was ending and I knew that like going to New York, I knew it was a time in my life where I was ready to just start fresh and I felt like I could do that better if I was single and I know everyone's different in that. Some people go to college with their high school boyfriends but for me I just knew that it wasn't going to be something that I wanted for the long term and that was beneficial for both of us for the long term and that was really hard too but again like looking back everything happens for a reason I really do believe that and I know not everyone agrees that there's like a reason why everything happens and like fate and that whole discussion I definitely do I mean with my faith I do believe that God does everything for a reason and that was one of those things with like now I'm married to my husband and all is well but going through that it was definitely a really disappointing thing that was hard to work through. I want to share some of the things that helped me get through disappointing situations. I want to share a few different resources but again I just want to say there's different categories of disappointment and I think there are times in your life where you do need to go through it and feel your emotions I mean, I'm someone who used to bottle things up and I realize that that is just not good for me or anyone. And I also don't want to give the advice that things could always be worse. And it always makes me think of when Aiden and I were dating, we just kept having all these unfortunate events happening on our dates. And so we would always joke, it could always be worse. And I don't want to give that advice because I hate when you're struggling with something and someone's like, oh, so-and-so has it so much worse. It's just not helpful and it's not beneficial to anyone. But I also do believe that everything does happen for a reason. And I think that that's one of the best ways to get past disappointment is believing that. So I'm going to share something from gotquestions.org. I share them a lot on my podcast. It's like a faith-based resource. You can type in any question and they have a lot of resources come up. I use it all the time when I'm dealing with certain conflicts or just things I want to learn more about. It says, how can I overcome disappointment with life? It says, one of the unfortunate byproducts of living in a sinful fallen world is that every person, Christian or not, experiences pain and suffering and disappointment in this life. John 16, 33 says, in this world, you will have trouble. No one is immune. In overcoming disappointments, it is important to keep them in perspective. Even though we cannot eliminate suffering or disappointment this side of heaven, it can become less formidable when viewed from a different vantage point. The first thing to keep in mind is that no amount of suffering or disappointment we experience in this life can ever undo what God has done for us in Christ. Apart from scripture, it is very difficult to have a proper perspective on suffering and disappointment, and these things will rarely make sense to those unacquainted with God's word. Neither psychology nor philosophy can offer a sufficient explanation for it. No social science can work restoration on the soul. Only God can do this. The truth is that our trials and disappointments, though we may not like them, they do serve a purpose. It is through trials that we learn patience and humility, endurance and trust, virtues that strengthen us and develop godly character. It is important that our perspective includes eternity. Our time on earth is incalculably small fraction of our eternal journey. Consider the Apostle Paul and the persecution he was subjected to while spreading the gospel. Although his litany of suffering seems unbearable by any measure, he amazingly referred to his hardships as light and momentary troubles. This is because he focused on the eternal glory that far outweighed any earthly disappointments he experienced. We can do this, he said, when we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but rather what is unseen, our heavenly home. 
2 Corinthians 4.18. It also helps to remember the absolute sovereignty of God. Everything occurs either by his prescription or permission and in perfect accordance with his sovereign purposes in unfathomable ways. Romans 11.33. Prayer is the ultimate acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. In the midst of our trials and disappointments, prayer gives us strength. It did for Moses, David, and Daniel. And before our Savior took on the sins of the world, he spent his final night in prayer. Now he invites the weary and burdened to come to him, and he will give us rest. Being a child of God means we are never alone in our trials. God gives us the strength and the grace we need to endure any circumstance and overcome any disappointment. His peace will guard our hearts when we look to him. As Maurice Roberts stated, the degree of a Christian's peace of mind depends upon his spiritual ability to interpose the thought of God between himself and his anxiety. If we keep our mind on God, nothing can steal our peace, which I just love that. And the reason why I always share God questions is because it really does summarize a faith-based approach to dealing with these things that we all deal with. I also really love this quote. It's from Morgan Harper Nichols. She is an amazing poet that I'm sure you've seen on Instagram. She does a lot of really beautiful graphics and she just started selling a lot of her poetry in Target like on these prints that are really beautiful. This says, when you start to feel like things should have been better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that got you here. They are not accidents and those moments weren't in vain. You are not the same. You have grown and you are growing. You are breathing. You are living. You are wrapped in endless, boundless grace. And things will get better. There is more to you than yesterday. I think I have the kind of personality where I really do define myself by the things that happen to me. But it's just important to remind yourself. And the reason why I love the way that she said that, because what happens to you does not make you who you are. Your identity is not found in the job that you didn't get and the person that you lost, the relationship that didn't work out and you not meeting your perfectionist standards. Your identity is not set in that and those things do not define you. Those are just events that happen in your life. Now, I do believe that those things strengthen us and going back to got questions, it really does sharpen our character and that's something that is really hard to remember in the moment but that's why they say when you're dating you should go through hard things with someone because you see their true character when they're dealing with disappointment and how they overcome that and how they let that make them better or worse. I have been talking about this devotional I've been reading. It's called Emergency Rations, Surviving the Struggles of Life by Philip DeCursey. It's not a popular devotional. My parents actually gave this to me. And I think if you're someone who's dealing with a lot of grief, a lot of disappointment in your life, I would highly recommend this. I'll have it in the show notes. It's an amazing devotional. And I was reading this one the other day and I just felt it was so applicable for this. So I wanted to share part of it with you guys. And it says, there are times when we feel as if heaven's clock is off by a few days, months, or even years. God seems to be taking his time and answering that prayer, meeting that need, changing that circumstance, or bringing justice. We sit in the waiting room unattended and anxious. We lay awake at night, staring into the darkness with dread. We pace up and down our office in a panic. When we feel upset, guess whose clock needs to be reset? One of the great paradoxes is that the eternal God is always on time. Ecclesiastes 3.11, which says he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. He who has sat upon his throne forever and stands beyond the ordered sequence of temporal events nevertheless pays the strictest attention to the march of time. He then goes through the life of Abraham's servant, Mary and Joseph, and he says that the eternal God is always on time. In all these cases, 
is God orchestrated the details that brought the pieces together at the right time so that his plan would unfold in the right way. God is not in a hurry. He knows what he is doing in us, for us, and around us. God deserves our trust and requires our patience. Don't forget to set your watch to heaven's time. It just makes me think of that Will Regan song that's called Not in a Hurry. I love that song. I would listen to that all the time in New York when I felt like I was just always rushing from one thing in the next. I love his music. He's a worship singer and his music is just beautiful. I love very calm, not showy worship music. That's my jam. I don't like when worship music becomes more about the person singing than the words in the song. And I think that his songs are just so beautiful and simple. But God's timing is perfect. And I know that's something that I don't want to hear when I'm going through things, when I want things to go a certain way. And that's why the first way that I deal with disappointment is just giving things time. I think we live in a world where we're so used to getting things so quickly. I mean, you can get Amazon deliveries in a day. When I order Chewy stuff for cash, it comes in less than a day. It's crazy. And we're just so used to getting things quickly, getting likes on Instagram, getting comments, and feeling like we want that instant gratification that when we don't get that in our life, we just get confused and you get accustomed to that. And I think you have to remind yourself that time does heal all wounds and time is something that We don't really want to spend to get over things, but especially like going through a breakup, time I think is the best solution for that and it just does get better the longer that you go about your life. Processing emotions with other people, this is one I used to be really bad at. I used to be extremely introverted and I just kind of wanted to keep things inside. Again, going back to that breakup, I remember specifically, I mean, everyone was really helpful, but my sister Lindsay was really helpful when I was going through that. She talked with me. She was there for me. And sometimes you don't even want to talk. You just want someone to be there and to have them physically around. I mean, physical touch is my main love language, so I always want people to be around. But opening up definitely heals wounds when you're feeling disappointed. Number three, this was one that a lot of people said on Instagram, but focusing on other people. If you're dealing with disappointment in a minor way, maybe you're just focusing a lot on yourself. If you turn that energy around, I promise it helps so much. Sometimes when I'm really going through it, I will just text one of my friends and ask how they're doing and you'll realize that other people are struggling with stuff too and it feels good to be there for someone else when you're just stuck in your own thoughts in your own head. So reach out to someone, you know, see how other people are doing. I think four, if it's a job thing or something where you wanted things to go a certain way and they didn't go that way, give yourself alternatives. I think having a backup plan, having other options if the first one doesn't work out is really helpful. I mean, going back to the internship for me, if that would have gone through, my life would have been so different than it is now. And even with working my nine to five job that I was in, I got rerouted somewhere else and things work out. So give yourself alternatives and don't be married to your first decision. And I think the last thing, and this is one that I am working through right now a lot, and that is just to stop comparing yourself to other people. I think a lot of times when we feel, again, lightly disappointed in ourselves, disappointed in our life, if we draw it back and really look at it, we'll realize that it's because we're comparing our lives to other people's. We want our life to look a certain way. We want to be living that way that other girls living. This is something I struggle with a lot and I have a whole episode on comparison so I'm not going to talk about this too much but work out why you're comparing yourself and try to eliminate the triggers. You'll find okay when I am scrolling on Instagram at this time of the day that's when I start to feel insecure. When I wake up and I go on my phone right away that's when I start feeling insecure. When I'm not 
praying to God and expressing to him the things that I'm thankful for, for the life that he gave me and to have food and to have disposable income and to even have a roof over my head. That's when I start to compare myself to other people. So express gratitude. Find the ways that are making you fall into comparison. I find that it is a lot of scrolling on my phone. So I started adding like an Instagram timer to see how much I spend a day. Do something to put those boundaries in your life so you don't compare yourself. And I promise you will feel less disappointed in your life. Okay, so let's read some stories. I'm going to read this first one, and this one's pretty long, but I wanted to share because she has also some resources in here. She says, I've joined two small groups at my church, volunteer at youth Sunday school, and I got asked to teach a youth class this October based on a book study by John Ortberg called All the Places to Go, How Will You Know? I read the book as well as a leadership guide in preparation for my class, and it's all about God opening or closing doors in our life. I'm going to skip through some of this, but she says, The story. In late May of this year, I was supposed to visit a guy, kind of an ex, who I had a thing with in college. He's been out of school for two years, and I just graduated in his city, but a week before the flight, which he booked for me, he canceled saying he couldn't do this right now and did not speak to me for four months. Recently, he texted me asking to talk to offer an explanation for his actions. With extreme hesitancy, I allowed for this because I've been seeking closure with this guy for years now, and I just wanted to know if I missed a great opportunity to be with him or if all the red flags were correct. He said I would do anything to right his wrongs, has thought about me every day, and wanted to pursue me. Again, with great hesitancy, I allowed this because maybe the store kept opening and I was supposed to go through and I wouldn't know unless I gave him a final chance. I explained this to him and he was on thin ice and really needed to step it up, which he promised he would do. He said things are changing for the better. <laughs> well, things did not change for the better or I would not be writing this email. When we were having this talk on Sunday, he planned a FaceTime date for Wednesday of that week. I was reluctant and excited, and maybe this would be the start of something great that due to timing never worked in the past. Wednesday morning after I worked out and ate breakfast, I saw a text from him that said he wasn't feeling well and thought it was the best to postpone our date. And I guess he had previously canceled a FaceTime date with her, and she said, when I calmly pointed this out, he got defensive and said he did not have the energy to argue, which I wasn't doing. I was just clearly stating facts. So if you want to use a baseball analogy, this man has three strikes, canceled dinner months ago, canceled visit, another canceled dinner just now, he's out. Honestly, he has about 14 strikes against him, but for some reason, I kept giving him chances when they really were not well-deserved. Now, armed with my faith, strength, and maturity, I can finally realize that this is not my person. We are not meant to date, and he is just plain bad for me. I can thank God for closing this door right in my face and being like, girl, walk away. In the chapter on closed doors, the author described how doors often close because there is something better. This something better is something we can't see, only God can see. He explains that doors close because we need to grow. The author also states that the doors can close because God has plans I don't know. And the book pointed me to Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, about how God is able to do abundantly more than we could ever imagine. So that is how I deal with disappointment. I thank God that he closed this door and I'm looking forward to the ones he will open for me in the months and years to come. I am obviously very sad that it took that long for you to kind of realize that this guy wasn't the fit for you but I want that story to be a sign if you're in one of those situations I think it's so easy to get caught up in and I mean I do think back about like how God gives us grace and I think it can be easy to cut people off too easily but at the same time it can be also really easy to just keep giving people chances when they don't 
necessarily deserve them. I really want to go read that study too that you mentioned now. It sounds like it's a really good one. If you're giving someone the time of day when they do not deserve it, please don't feel bad about leaving them because you deserve more. You deserve someone who shows up for you and is there for you for sure. Okay, I have to read this one because it has to do with dogs. She says, I graduated college in May of 2020 and I started a job shortly after. Once my childhood dog had passed away, it was always my goal to have a dog of my own as a young single adult. My dream was to work from home, head to the dog park during the day, meet other people, and have pup playdates and more. After a lot of research, I did get a beautiful eight-week-old puppy. However, she immediately started having behavioral issues like severe separation anxiety, barking, aggression on a leash, and a lot more. It quickly turned into a nightmare when I realized my future would likely not be what I expected. It's been almost a year and I'm still working through these issues between doggy medications, daily training with multiple trainers, going to doggy daycare, and a lot more. It has taken a toll on me mentally to not have the perfect story I always wanted, but I am learning patience, friendship, discipline, and how to not quit or give up on something greater than myself. Puppy blues are certainly real and so many young adults who have gotten pups often feel so disappointed when reality kicks in, especially in a tough case like this. But discipline is key and finding joy in every single win helps too. She also attached some photos and her puppy is so cute. But I love this one because I think that raising a dog and I imagine an even more so case raising a child, it's so easy to feel disappointed when they act out or like you said, it's not what you expected. Especially when you watch videos of people with their puppies. I remember watching all those training videos and feeling like oh like it's actually not going to be that hard and it is so hard puppy blues are so real it is so much work raising a puppy and I imagine adopting a dog too and learning how to work through maybe past behaviors that they learn that are hard to work through is so difficult and can be so disappointing but it really is and I imagine having children is again even more so it's so fulfilling when you do you know work through something or your dog starts to listen to you like we've been practicing Cash's recall which is when you just call them back and so we've been going to this tennis court and letting him run around and we've been practicing having him come and he comes all the time now which he used to not do he used to you know go crazy especially when other dogs were there but he actually listens to us more and it's really fulfilling so I definitely agree that working through those things can be really beneficial and just a good lesson not to quit on things okay this one is pretty serious I'll just say it says I wanted to share about a time I felt disappointed in myself and how I got through it at the end of freshman year of college we lost my dad unexpectedly this was a shock for our entire family because he was only 49 and he didn't have any seemingly fatal health issues like terminal illness to make matters worse this happened right at the beginning of quarantine so i felt extremely isolated i already talked with a counselor for anxiety but with covid it was easier to push off appointments and it got to a point where i stopped going completely i started using unhealthy outlets to cope with my grief specifically i was using alcohol to try to numb my pain this is something i'm not proud of at all and i started feeling extremely guilty and disappointed in myself every time i would engage in this behavior Finally, I sat down and I tried to write out pros and cons to my behavior. Eventually, I started to realize that my dad wouldn't want me to feel like this. I also talked to some of my friends from church and from college who I had disconnected with and told them how I was feeling. I think in times of disappointment, it's really important to surround yourself with good people who will support you through what you're feeling and help you get to the other side. Also, turning to God and just putting up your hands. I felt so angry after what happened to my dad that I turned away from him. But I know that everything happens for a reason and that God would not put me through this if you didn't know how I can handle it. Overall, my best advice is to turn to God in times of disappointment and spend time with people who will remind you to do this. Sorry, you can probably hear me choking up in that one because 
I that just has to be so hard. Um, I have a friend who her husband's dad just randomly passed away too. And I just, I can't imagine that not feeling like you got those goodbyes, even if you did have those goodbyes, would it even be better? It's just so hard. And I'm so sorry that you went through that, that I can't imagine. I, that has to be one of the scariest things that happens to you. But I love the way you shared that you got through it. Like community is so important and it's why it's important to form community before those things happen because then you have those people there when things happen. I think a lot of times people don't spend the time to surround themselves with people who are encouraging and uplifting and then when something happens, they do feel like they can't resort to anything. And so I love that and I love when you said just putting up your hands to God. Oh my goodness, that's like the most freeing feeling I remember when I was in college dealing with really bad insomnia and just, I really did feel like I was having an attack on my brain. It just felt like I was not myself at all. And I remember just sitting on the floor with my hands open, just saying, you know, God, this is yours. God, heal me. That is one of the most freeing things to do, especially when you're someone who struggles with anxiety. So I'm so appreciative that you share that because I know that has to reach someone who's dealing with something similarly who's listening. I wanted to do a work-related one. And she says, I actually just dealt with this recently at my job. Basically, I work in member experience for a telehealth company and I started in March. A few weeks ago, I noticed some of my coworkers who are high performing were trained on a whole new area of responsibilities, but I wasn't part of that group. I was feeling so disappointed in myself thinking that I must not be doing well enough to be part of that group, even though we all started at the same time. I was also feeling embarrassed about it, thinking that I wasn't doing well. My husband comforted me saying, maybe they have a different opportunity they're saving for you, but you don't know it yet. To which I responded, no way. I picked myself back up and decided to just keep doing my best every day and not comparing myself to my coworkers, but just focus on doing my personal best. Two weeks later, they offered me my dream position in marketing that I didn't see coming at all since I'm not even graduated from college yet. Moral of the story, I learned my career is a race against myself. If I had turned bitter and stopped trying at my job, I could have lost the opportunity coming my way. I learned the importance of taking disappointment in myself and turning it into grace and motivation to do my personal best. I also learned that there is always something better waiting on the other side. I love that so much. And I know that feeling when you see everyone else getting something and then you're confused, like, why am I not getting this too? But it is really important to remember that those things can just be guiding you to a new place. And I'm so happy that you ended up getting your dream position. That's so sweet. She also included at the end that she had messaged me about crying in the bathroom a year ago at work. And she said, you inspire me to make a change in my life. And I wound up at my dream company that has been an answer to all my prayers, which is so sweet. I love to hear those stories like that. Okay, this is the last one I'm going to read and this one is about similarly, like I said, a wedding planning one. My husband and I got married in September 2020 in the UK in the middle of the pandemic. I worked out that we had planned about seven to eight versions of our wedding because the regulations changed so much. In the years leading up to our wedding, we saw all our best friends get married and after waiting six years before getting married, we had definitely built up a lot of expectations about what our wedding would look like. Our original plan was for 300 guests, but on the day, regulations allowed 30, which we went ahead with. We loved our day and we wouldn't have had it any differently, but honestly, the journey to the day did feel disappointing because it didn't meet our expectations of what engagement should look like. We even had to quarantine from each other as we didn't live together before marriage. The things that got us through it were focusing more attention on our marriage and our wedding. 
Our wedding may not have looked like anything we planned, but our marriage was always something to look forward to. Number two, allowing ourselves to be sad and feel all the emotions. Four months before our wedding, our venue went bust and we were devastated. We sat and cried a bit and we gave ourselves a few days to feel okay again before we got back to planning. And three, that disappointment and joy can work hand in hand. It's possible to feel so much joy and peace even if circumstances are disappointing and changing all the time. We're both Christian and know that God had way bigger purposes for us and to just be disappointed by our circumstances we were given opportunities that we didn't even ask for to honor god through our story for example being approached by national news to share a story from a hope-filled angle it's so sweet she also attached a photo on her wedding day and it's so beautiful it's her second venue too and it looks absolutely stunning and your dress is so pretty Y'all are so cute, but I love that. I definitely felt very similar with doing ours where I do think that it shifted your attention more on the marriage because you couldn't really focus on the wedding itself that much. And it's so true. So thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. I hope you guys are feeling more encouraged now. If you're dealing with something disappointing, I know that there are so many different things that can go wrong in life and especially losing someone is one of the hardest things that we have to go through. I just want to encourage you that there is a greater plan and you don't have to sit in misery while you can to get through things. There is hope and there's always a purpose. So I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, if you want to be in the next one, feel free just to follow me on Instagram, like I said, and you can also write a review down below if you enjoy. That does help the podcast a lot and just look forward to episodes every Monday. I, again, just wanted to thank Anna Luisa for sponsoring today's episode. If you guys want to check out their jewelry, you can use the code Michelle Reed. That's just M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-E-D for 10% off your order, and it'll also be in the show notes of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends. Thank you.